Hello, International Women Connected. Anna here. I hope you guys are really, really well. Um, and I'm super excited to be logging in with our weekly episode of International Women Connected. Today, I've got an amazing, amazing guest on board. Her name is Katrina Ellis. I've got the pleasure to work with her. We've been working now with her close to two months already. Um, and she's very, very, very knowledgeable lady. Um, her expertise are in financial wellness and property investing. And I'm really excited to have her today because we will talk about the financial wellness in business, in life, how to get started. Do we have to have a lot of money to be able to save and how our emotional being has an impact on the on the financial wellness side and um, so without any further ado I would love to say hi Katrina hi Anna how are you I'm very well thank you how are you I'm good thank you and I'm delighted to be here thank you very much for having me you're very very welcome um, I'm super excited to have you because I am a huge fan of your topic as you know um, and I know that every time when, you know, when you speak or you have a masterclass, people leave with so many nuggets. So before we kick off, I would love to pass you the mic and introduce yourself, who you are, um, a little bit of a background and how you actually started on the financial wellness journey. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, my name is Katrina Ellis. I'm originally from Ireland, um, but I'm living in the Isle of Man for the last six years. And that's um, that move was definitely part of my financial wellness journey. Educationally, my background is a Bachelor of Commerce and I'm also a qualified financial advisor and um, an estate agent. So I've got quite a few um feathers in my hat and um, I really enjoy diversity. I have three children who I, two of whom I, I home educate and um, that again was a huge part of my decision and my, my journey to financial wellness. So the, the big part of my journey began back in 2015 when I was still living in Ireland at the time. Um, my, my children were quite, quite young at the time. There were, I had three under five and financially the future looked kind of quite bleak and I was feeling quite desperate, um, quite overwhelmed, paralyzed as to you know how I could change this. I didn't come from a super wealthy family. I definitely didn't come from a family that provided good examples in terms of financial management or fin what financial wellness looks like. It was um, a lot when I was a child. It was very hand to mouth. And so I had to look elsewhere for a different model as to how I wanted to do it. And so I began my journey by buying a book. And that book was The Wealth Chef by Anne Wilson. And that book and that lady has been pivotal to my journey. So I made the commitment then, and it was the morning of my kid's birthday. Two of them are, have October birthdays. And on the doorstep um, arrived two letters from the bank saying that we had two 100% mortgages at the time. And both of those had gone up by half a percent. There was no increase in the ECB rate at that time. So it was purely driven by the bank having, um, you know, suffering big losses after the crash and wanting to make up some income. And that those letters really frightened me. Um, we were about to have our kids party joined um, that afternoon and my mind instead of being present with the party and uh, with the kids and what was happening was really twisted in knots as to 
we can just about absorb this half percent increase. But if they do this again, we can't. We're, you know, we're going to go under. Um, and that really frightened me. And it was a very painful experience, but it was an experience which was pivotal to me turning it around and making that decision and, and, and that absolute 100% commitment to go, you know, I'm not accepting this. There isn't another way. I need to learn how I can do this better. So it began with the purchase of the book and making that commitment to turn things around. So it's been a massive journey educationally, as I learned, despite coming from a background in finance. I worked in, in the banking industry for over 10 years um, in a corporate environment. And I was involved in selling lots of, you know, savings and investments, products, etc. But nothing um, at any point during my degree or my work experience ever exposed me to the information that I was learning. Really simple basics that were pivotal to just turning everything around for me. So I started to apply a lot of those. And slowly but surely, things started to turn around for me. And um, yeah, I'm now, now in a position, as you mentioned, um, I'm um, a property investor in Ireland and the northeast of England and have multiple streams of income. So it's really been a very interesting journey personally. Um, and then earlier this year, I've, I've started to share that information far and wide um, in terms of Financial Wellness and Financial Wellness Academy. And that has been so well received specifically to um, women. Uh, and that is where my, my absolute passion is, is because I see on a regular basis, women disempowered financially. Um, perhaps they have limiting beliefs due to being repeatedly told by parents or by teachers that, you know, girls are not good with numbers, that kind of stuff. And making decisions also on relationships because they're financially dependent. And to my mind, you get one life. Um, it's, it's your responsibility to live it with your absolute with absolute gusto to give it your best shot and having a sense of financial wellness really enables you to do that it's a massive massive piece to that jigsaw so um yeah that's that's really my my passion and i could probably rabbit on for hours about it that's such an amazing introduction thank you so much and it, it really lifted the curtain to a um the you know your um, financial wellness journey and how how important it was in your background as well. So interesting to find out that we've got a quite similar background. I'm coming from, you know, I, I was I was in the banking and the retail sector as well myself. So it's really really um, interesting to find out um, about GT. Um, right. So my first question goes as. How can you actually start on the financial journey? How important is to be financially aware in your business? Um, well, to start with the last question first, to be financially aware to me is absolutely key. Um, having a healthy relationship with money and having that awareness and that consciousness around it is is massively important it's you know a lot of people say you know money can't buy happiness but it certainly can make for an easier life and it can, it can allow you to live that life that you want without ever compromising on those choices and if you have kids then obviously that uh, that flows down to them so it's, it's hugely important in my opinion um, in terms of how somebody can get started the the single biggest thing to getting started, to my mind, is making that decision. And sadly, that decision is, is often only made when we're in a place of, of pain financially. And we realize, OK, this is not working what I'm doing, repeddling the same habits, the same stuff, and something needs to change. So it all begins with that commitment and that decision to go, yes, 
I really need to change this, if not just for myself, if you've got kids or, or other loved ones in your life who are watching, you know, your model and what you model to them, then I'm going to do it for them. Because quite often as mums and women, we put others before our needs on a regular basis. So, you know, if, if it doesn't appeal to you personally, think about what you are potentially passing on to the next generation if you've currently got poor financial habits. That's amazing. And do you think that people have to have actually a lot of money to start um, to start saving? Because it's something um, it's something that a lot of people actually think. And it's something I thought as well. Um, I remember my financial wellness journey started um, probably like six years ago. And I thought at the start that my business had to be had to generate a lot of money. I had to have a lot of money in the bank to be able to save. And what happened at some point, because I've realized that because I didn't have the saving habits, you know, the healthy saving habits in place, um, it had a really bad impact. And no matter how money I was making into the business or I was making into my personal uh, personal account, I was never able to save because I didn't have those habits into place. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And you, you've mentioned two really key pieces in, in what you said, Anna, uh, one being the habit not being there. And, and it is a habit. And it boils down to, you know, how healthy our relationship or how well and the whole idea of financial wellness comes from that is what level of financial wellness we have in our life. Um, and once we start to embed those habits one one at a time, things start to shift. Um, and the second thing you touched on, which is, is a very common misconception, is that people constantly say to me, oh, you know, I'll be able to save I'll be able, be able to invest once I get that promotion once I get that bonus once I reach this level of turnover and my reply is no um, it actually doesn't start then uh, and that is regularly something I hear it starts immediately from wherever you are now and for the vast majority of us thankfully we do have spare money if we so choose to commit to that but we choose not to prioritize it and that's the difference when I started this journey in 2015 I invested 20 euro that was all that I had we had literally what was coming in was going out to service our very basic debts there were no luxuries um, our eating out budget for the month was 10 euro and we were paying ourselves each 20 euro just so we had something maybe to buy a book or a coffee or whatever um, but things were that tight but instead of taking that 20 euro and using it on books coffee whatever think little things that I, I wanted um, I chose to invest in my future and whilst it might seem um, to a lot of people laughable like what can you do with 20 euro the answer is a lot and the answer is that that 20 euro was the seed that for me down the line absolutely sprouted and has diversified and dynamically change my relationship with money. So that 20 euro very quickly to my vast surprise, um, despite the fact that I put it on a very poor performing platform and in poor performing index trackers, it really started to turn everything around. And I saw that 20 euro going out every month. That was a constant reminder to me um, as to that habit that had been embedded and that constant seed and push to say, oh, I wonder, you know, could you find money from somewhere else to increase that? So if I had birthday money or gifts or, or different things that would come in, I would constantly try and direct that money into that pot and over time that changed very quickly and that amount started to grow and grow and I was really surprised at how quickly it snowballed so cue um, then the next decision is 
joint money. Um, my husband at the time wasn't interested really in what I was doing. Um, but as he saw what my money was doing, he became interested. And so over time, we, we put joint money in and grew that to about 50% of our income at one stage. So that obviously had a massive knock on effect on our investments and, and how quickly they accumulated. But it started from 20 euro. And um, for most of you, if, if you're in the UK, it's possible to start investments from as little as 25 euro in the stock market and in a very hands off way um, because of the I've got a quite a busy life with home education and um, three businesses. And it's um, it's all a bit crazy at times. So I do not want to be constantly monitoring this. I want it to be automated because that is aligned with my values and how I want to live my life. And that's very possible, but it starts with a small amount, whether it's even if it's five pounds, the amount is not is not relevant. I had a client recently who had, she was putting away a small amount every month and she needed to cover expenses for something else and she was going to cancel it. And uh, my um, advice to her was don't cancel it. Once you cancel it, it goes out of your consciousness, your awareness, and you're not seeing it on your bank account and you will slip into other habits and that money will go elsewhere. Drop it down to the, the bare minimum and because then it will stay in your consciousness. You will continually see it and it will serve as a reminder that when you're in a better position to bump it back up, you will. If you deleted it, uh, cancelled it altogether, then that's not going to be there. So you can start from a very small amount. Um, and yeah, that's it's, a, it's about the habit. That's that piece is key. That's amazing. Um, I'm I'm genuinely like really, really impressed when you always talk about your experience and when you give those examples, because it goes to show how, um, you know, we don't have to have a lot of money to start the savings. And I've heard stories of people who are, you know, who, for example, start saving just with one pound per month, but it's about getting into that habit and how, you know, within a year, then they get so... Um, so well into the saving departments. And I think it's all about to do, with, like you said, you know, it's all about to do with learning the habit, the mental state as well. Um, and which leads me to our, my next questions. I don't know if you've heard of that, but a lot of people share that when they feel emotionally upset, when they feel emotionally unstable, they tend to overspend. Is that the rela a relationship with money? In my experience, yes. And I think, you know, we can have we can have a similar dynamic with food, with drink, with drugs, with all sorts. And money is definitely one of it, one of those um, items as well that people do use in um, in ways that are destructive to themselves and ways that rob themselves of their future. And, you know, who's who's not to say that there's there's a right or wrong to it. But just having an awareness around it is key, because do do I have um, behaviors like that on occasions? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as you have that awareness and you're making conscious decisions. But so often I come across people who are not even aware of when they do it and why they do it. And that is really key to changing a relationship with it, because I had... Um, a really interesting experience with my mentor back it was 2015 I think when I started and she was constantly pushing me to do two things one was to remove Amazon off my phone um, and to delete my credit card details on it and the other was to freeze my credit card now the Amazon I could see the point in that so you know I deleted it and I was less likely to kind of be browsing mindlessly and putting things in the basket the credit card I resisted because I, I didn't use it a huge amount um, but I did what she said um, I got a, an empty beer can put some water in 
in it, popped the credit card in and put it in the freezer. And I thought, well, you know, I'm not going to see much difference here because I was the kind of person then who would put stuff on my credit card, but always pay it off in full. So it was never really an issue as far as I was concerned. However, I very quickly started to see when I would reach for my credit card to pay for things. And because I couldn't use a credit card at that stage, I would have to um, take it out of the freezer. And because it was in metal, I couldn't put it into the microwave. So I had to wait for it to defrost. And inevitably, nine times out of 10, once it, the a credit card had defrosted and I could take it out and use it, then the want had actually passed and I didn't want any more what it was that I was going to put on the credit card. So very quickly, I started to observe my habits around money. And when I was reaching for my credit card and more often than not, it was it was not based on needs. It was based on wants. And that saw me change my my habits around how I use my credit card. So it's definitely something to be aware of. And just having that mindfulness around around how we use our money and, and when we spend it. Um, and, you know, there's. There are, there are lots of reasons why, you know, we work hard. Yes, we should reward ourselves and have, have things that we desire, but understanding the difference between a need and want is, is key and watching your habits and how you behave around your money is, is a really crucial step to, um, to using it better and to having that better level of financial wellness with your money. I love the fact how you've compared it to, you know, emotional eating, for example, or, you know, drugs, because I think um, so much comes from our emotional state. Um, and, you know, when we speak about addictions, we very quickly can speak about alcohol addiction or drug addiction, but there's so many other things that, you know, food can be addictive, overspending can be addictive. Um, so many other things that, that are not good for us and they can be addictive as well. And um, if you... If you have to give three main tips to the people who are listening um, to us of someone who is struggling with overspending, I've been there, I've actually struggled with overspending before, and it was a game changer for me when I changed the habit. So someone who's been struggling with overspending, someone who thinks that, you know, they don't have enough money um, to actually start saving what would be the three steps, very, very simple steps to advise them to do like religiously and how long would that take? Because you've got a beautiful program, 90 days, um, which, which is out at the moment and it's amazing. And, and that, that's what you focus on with your clients. And I've seen the results as well that you deliver, which are amazing. Um, I personally believe they say that it takes what well, it takes 25 days to make or break a habit. But I actually personally think that it takes up to three months to make a break or habit. So can we, you know, if, if we have to give like a simple steps to someone, three simple steps to someone, what would they be? And how long do they need to follow those steps? Okay. Um, so the three, the three tips I would give you is the first of all, um, like a lot of things with business, start with the end in mind. So if you have a really clear idea as to what it is you're ultimately would, would like to build towards, 
then that is very powerful position to be in. So it allows you in times of difficulty to remind yourself as to why you're doing this, because there is a little bit of effort required in turning this relationship around. But if you start with the end in mind, that really can be very powerful to getting you over those speed bumps that we can hit along the way. So typically the way I do it, I have I have with my clients, I have a pre-recorded audio, which guides them through it. But essentially what we do is I get them to imagine what their ideal day looks like. And as they walk themselves through that day from the, the time they open their eyes in the morning to the time they close their, their eyes at night, what are all the things that they're, they're doing in there? What are the kind of things? What are they doing? Who are they with? Um, you know, are they working to what degree? Um, who's around them? All the experiences that they have that in their typical ideal day. When they really feel into that with all of their five senses, that really lights up their brain as to what it is they're working towards. And so it becomes a very powerful tool. So once you have clarity on that, so that would be step one, get really clear on what it is your idea of financial wellness looks like. Because for each of us, it is very different. For a lot of us, it is actually quite simple and it's not hugely different to how we're currently living our lives to, for most of us. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to involve private jets and yachts and all that kind of stuff. It can be quite simple, but with that amazing sense of financial wellness, it just gives such a peace of mind. So there's no right or wrong on this. It's not black and white. It's what does it look like to you? And get that really, really clear in your mind's eye because the power of that is huge. So step number two then would be wherever you are right now, you know, whether you're in a place of debt and place of overwhelm, your relationship with money is key and focus on improving that relationship. And as women, our superpower, in my opinion, is our intuition and we don't utilize it enough. So if you get a moment to be still and to listen to your intuition in terms of your financial wellness. What's the one thing it's telling you? And listen in as to you know what, what it's saying to you. In what I've seen personally and with clients um, experience is gratitude is something that can significantly change a relationship with your money. And a very simple practice I started in 2015 and still have to this day is before I go to bed, I run mentally through a list in my mind of all the things that I'm grateful for. And they are very simple things. Generally, they are having a warm, beautiful house to live in having a cozy bed to snuggle up in, having food in um, in the house to, to uh, provide healthy meals to my children, having money in the bank to pay my bills and to, to provide anything I need for my children. Um, and I run through that as many nights as I can. Do I do it every night? No, I forget sometimes. But just having that relationship and that sense of gratitude, regardless of how things are, because when I was in, um, when I started this journey, I was constantly focusing on all the things I didn't have and without anything materially changing my life externally, once I flicked my perspective slightly to all the things I did have and all the things I had to be grateful for, everything started to change from there. So the power of introducing a practice like this into your, into your day, daily life, and again, another really healthy habit is absolutely amazing. So Think about that and start to, whether it's at the beginning of your day or at the end of your day, think, list out all, whether it's written, if you prefer to journal or in your head, um, if you're a bit lazy like me and need to do it fast, just do it, whatever way works for you. And at the opening or the close of every day or whenever you get a moment, lean into that. And the more you feel abundant and grateful, the more you will 
experience that with new opportunities. And I know that may definitely sound in the woo-woo space, but I have 100% experienced that time and time again. And it is amazing, the power of gratitude. Um, The third thing tip I would say to you is start saving now, because even if you have debt and you, you know, this is overwhelming and something you really want to clear, if you're constantly just focusing on the debt, then that's all you'll you'll be feeling. Whereas even if you can um, spare five pounds, if you forsake, you know, a few coffees a week or a month or whatever, and put that money towards some little savings pot, you're immediately now splitting your focus between, yes, you're going to take care of that debt, but you also have this little seed that you've planted and try and put it somewhere that you can't access because, you know, our temptation is that we try and rob it when, you know, we need something that we really feel that we have to have. Um, but try and start that savings habit from a tiny amount, whatever that feels doable to you. And um, it, again, another really amazing habit that's very powerful once you start it. So they would be my top three tips. So get clear on your vision as to what it looks like for you. Um, incorporate a practice of gratitude in whatever format works for you in your life. And then start saving with whatever amount that you feel that you can afford right now. I absolutely love these tips. And I don't think it sounds woohoo at all. I think intuition and gratefulness is such a big part of everything that we do. And you're right. The more we acknowledge it, the more we actually aware we are at what uh, aware we are at what stage and point of development we are on. Um, and I love the fact that you said that women, we need to use our senses more. I agree with you that sometimes we don't actually use our senses um to you know to a certain extent here goes my next and last question after this beautiful beautiful discussion and you probably will laugh about it but who do you think are better savers males or females Ooh, that's a tough one um (laughs) i told you you're gonna laugh about (laughs) yeah i don't know i don't know if i've seen enough Women are probably more emotionally driven. And when they tap into that pain and pleasure as to why they're doing it, I think that it's easier to engage them. And I think they're less likely to tinker because um, my ex-husband constantly wanted to tinker with the investments and stuff we were doing. And I knew that I just needed to leave it alone and let it do its thing. Because as Einstein says, I think he calls compound interest the eighth wonder of the world. Um, So I think my temptation would be to go women, but I don't want to. I'm sure there are amazing male savers out there too. Uh, But I, I think if women are anchored well into saving and why they're doing it, they will have a sense of trust and they will just let it go. Whereas I think the males generally, not always, can be more prone to tinkering with it. A woman, Katrina. It's an international woman connected to women are better. (laughs) (laughs) Katrina, thank you so much for that beautiful discussion. I've always said I can listen to you forever because every time when we talk about that you come with more and more tips and more and more nuggets you've got an amazing program coming up which is the 90 day to financial wellness do you want to tell us a bit more about it before we before we go yeah, sure. Thanks, Anna. Um, so yes, I'll be um, running my 90 Days to Financial Wellness in January. Um, that is obviously a 90-day program. Um, I'm taking on a handful of clients. It will be a group program, and um, we will be covering the five pillars of financial wellness, and that's the what the program is based on. So we'll be covering um, a lot of the um, 
tidbits that I, I covered with you today. We'll be going into much more detail with that. There are two calls per week and uh, they will be uh, like an educational based call um, at the beginning of the week and then a Q&A accountability call um, a midweek or towards the end of the week. And um, uh, what we do at the very beginning of the program is I run all clients through what I call the financial wellness checklist. And that is 21 questions based on the five pillars to financial wellness, which have been um, conceived by my own experience in this. And that helps me to identify where their gaps are and where their gaps are then generally advise and inform us as to what the goals are we're going to set for the 90 days. Because it is my 100% commitment that anybody who comes into the program, when they leave on the 90 days, they have every single goal achieved. We have, you know, we, and I hold them to accountable on a weekly basis with that. Um, so that's basically how it works. I mean, you have direct access to me um, twice a week to ask me anything and everything um, financial wellness related. And if I can't answer, then I will refer you to somebody else during the program, what I also do is I bring in a number of experts in specific areas that I have general knowledge in, but I'm not an expert in terms of wills and, and powers of attorney, in terms of our protection needs. And I also bring somebody in around the softer side of our relationship with money. And we do a breathwork session because a lot of us have very negative beliefs and negative relationship with money. And so we address that as well, because really all our actions are going to be built if they're built on a very solid foundation and we're creating that really great relationship with money, um, then it becomes a rock solid um, foundation that we can build on. So we do a, a really amazing and powerful breathwork session. It's something I've experienced myself many times. It's hugely powerful, releasing old, um, old relationships and old beliefs around money. Um, so I have various experts coming in across those different um, areas. So, um, you know, I'm available via email and you have direct access to me weekly. So it's a superb program. Uh, testimonials from our clients are, you know, uh, I, don't, don't even have to ask for them, thankfully, and they will be on the uh, sign up page showing you the different uh, outcomes that they have had. Um, and it's very personalized because everybody's relationship and what they want for financial wellness is very different. And thankfully, because we're not putting huge numbers through the program, we're able to do that in quite a personalized way. So it's a it's an amazing program, if I do say so myself. And uh, yeah, clients have an amazing experience because it's something they get my passion and they find that they can resonate and relate to me very easily. I'm very open and honest as to my personal experience, thorns and all, um, because some of it isn't easy and I'm very open with them um, on that. Um, so I would be delighted if there's anybody who is interested in joining me, um, connect with me and I'm happy to have a chat and we can go from there. So, yeah, I think that's that's it. Thank you so much, Katrina. And the program sounds absolutely amazing. And I know all the work you've put behind it. It is going at the moment through a CPD accreditation as well, which is the highest standard um, in the business and the corporate world. Um, so yeah, so it's an amazing, amazing program. Thank you so much for today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. And I'm really excited to hear feedback from all the amazing women who listen to us. We will put um, Katrina's details um, below the podcast for you guys to connect with her, find out more about the program. I hope that all of you who are listening are well, you're gearing up for Christmas and New Year, and you're taking a time down to reflect and set new goals and dreams for 2022. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And thank you so much, for Katrina, for making it happen today. Thank you, Anna, for having me.